Welcome back to another episode of Touch Icing. Tony Pickenich, Eric Johnson here. Trish hung over as hell from a thing we did last night on Too Many Men. Check that out. We had some if, you, if you watch Too Many Men, you understand why he's not oh, here. Oh, man. The video element is amazing. It's, it's just amazing to watch the process. Worth noting, he's not dead. No, he's not. I'm pretty sure. Anybody could be texting me from his phone, though, so I, I don't know. Happy Derby Day to all of our horse racing fans out there. It's uh, no. happening just before puck drop of Game 7 of Islanders Flyers tonight. I'm excited. You? Uh, well, it is the law, the obvious favorite. Yeah. I mean, Heavy. I'm it's watching his race it right now in the background. So, yes, I'm excited. Is there, is there a horse outside of Tis the law you think uh, can pull this out? I got $5 on money moves just, uh, just for the value in the bet. Why, why not, right? Yeah. Why I, not? Because maybe, who knows? Here's the thing, though. Last year, we had a 65-1 to 1 horse win the Derby. Exactly. In, but in some controversial fashion, if you may mm-hmm. recall. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Anything could happen. It's Derby Day. So excited. It's Derby Day. Uh, game 7 tonight, Flyers-Islanders. Game 7 last night of Avalanche and uh, Stars. Was a rock was a roller coaster of a game, and then the game after that, Vancouver, Vegas, was not was not um, did not live up to the hype. But let's go. Let's let's start with the Dallas Colorado game. Crazy. How it, Just... it, it? It's like sticking your face in a mound of cocaine. Is the only way I can describe that. That's game. one way to put it. When the Colorado Avalanche took the lead with 3.30 left, I thought, this is over. The Avalanche just completed the comeback. And, nope, I was wrong. As, uh, I forget, as Joel Kiviranta yep. scores the game tire 10 seconds after Colorado scores the goal to take the lead. On and a then, free shot. Oh, dude, a ridiculous rebound slapper. And then he scores the game-winning overtime goal, also a hat-trick goal. He played 11 NHL games this year. The first 11 of his career, he had one career goal. And he was only in last night because Andrew Cogliano was hurt. Watch, watch Cogliano's a healthy scratch for, uh, for game one. After the game, they, they, he was talking. He's like, I hope they get a little more playing time now. And I'm like, yeah, I think so. I think you're going to. Hell of a game from Dallas. Hell of a series. Anton Hudobin stepped up. Uh, made the saves he needed to, and even all the momentum got that that the Avalanche got from the game where Ben Bishop started and they scored four goals on him in the first period. They carried it all the way into a game seven and just couldn't finish it off. You have to think, though, what does Colorado do when they're healthy? Yeah, or with a uh, a little bit better of a goaltender in that. Michael Hutchinson did play well, but winning a, winning a game seven – yeah, winning game, very happy. Yeah, winning a game seven, uh, you need the goalies to make one or two saves that change the game. And Hutchinson did make some big saves, made a big save at the end of the second period, or at the end of regulation. But uh, it just wasn't it wasn't enough. Five uh, four loss for the Colorado Avalanche, and a disappointing loss. In that overtime, too. They did. They did. It's disappointing in the sense that. Uh, they were a popular pick to win the Stanley Cup this year. Them in Vegas really seemed like the top two teams in the Western Conference. At least I thought so. But yeah, the Dallas Stars, who I had out losing to Calgary, now advances the Western Conference final. Yep, I had uh, Colorado win the Cup, and Dallas losing to Calgary. So yeah, so 
couldn't maybe get, don't ask us for bracket advice next year. Couldn't get more wrong. Now the other game last night. Uh, listen, hats off to Thatcher Demko. The man did everything he could. Even in the second half of a back-to-back, played very well. Only allowed one goal. Two other empty netters at the end for Vegas. Uh, Vegas avoids uh, blowing the three-one lead like Dallas did with a Game 7 victory, 3-0 over the Canucks. And it wasn't a close game if you look at the shot. The scoreboard would say it's not a close game at the end, but if you look at the scoreboard, all the way up to the first Vegas goal, with what, like six minutes left in the third period, it was a close game. The shots indicate a different story. Vancouver had two shots in the first period. They had four shots midway through the second. Yeah. And they hit double digits in the third, right? They hit double digits with about 10 minutes left to go in the game. That's not ideal for a game seven. No. Winner go home. It's not, it's not ideal. I watched. It was painful to watch. Not just from a fan perspective, but from a hockey perspective. That, just want to make me gouge my eyes out. Thatcher Demko comes in in game five, and every Vancouver fan's thinking, no Markstrom. Series Bye-bye. is over. And then Thatcher Demko walks out there and stands on his head in games five and six. And he was clearly fatigued at the end of game six. Clearly. And he plays well in game seven, but there was just no, there just wasn't any offense. It was a very strong defensive showing from the Vegas Golden Knights. So people forget this about Demko. He's like a top second round pick. Yeah. Which, which is, is high top. for a goalie. I was just going to say, that's really, really high for a goalie. It was a matter of time before he really, really stepped up. You know, he was good, but people were like, oh, my God, this guy's going to be the next big thing. And he stepped up, did his work, and he's a decent goalie. Now I think that makes the potential loss of Markstrom an easier pill to swallow. Yeah, and I feel like a little uh, – Vancouver fans might be a little more comfortable letting Markstrom walk. Uh, money can easily be accolated elsewhere on the roster. Uh, even down the line a little bit. But whatever kind of perspectives had of Thatcher Demko entering this series have definitely changed. He's a guy that I I don't know what he looks like over a full season being a starting goalie for a whole year. But the pressure was on him this series. He stepped up. He gave his team a chance to win in every single game. Granted, it's only a three-game performance. That kind of effort should be rewarded, you would imagine. It's 24, he's 24 years old, you know. There's still a lot of room to grow. They got Di Pietro, who's 21, you know. The both times, you know, he was stepped in, it was just for no reason. Yeah. And there was, like, tons of people hurt. But I'd rather give the money to to re-sign Tyler Toffoli and obviously um, giving Reed Boucher that race. Mm, He's already signed in uh, Russia. As has he. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Good for him. Reed Boucher, the greatest player who never was. But I'm looking at a bunch of RFAs. Vertanen's getting a raise. Mott's getting a raise. Pedersen's an RFA in 21. Edler's, a, in, Edler's coming off the Bucks, but Tanev's a UFA. If you, an RFA. if you have full belief in Thatcher Demko to be the starting goalie in Vancouver, there's no need to keep Baxham around at that point. Uh, Markstrom around at that point. I don't. I would love to keep Markstrom. I don't want to pay the price because I'm hearing there's teams offering three to four million dollars more than Vancouver would yeah and that's you start getting into really ridiculous numbers at that point like I don't want to pay I wouldn't want to pay that price how much does he want to stay is the thing 
And you got to look at timelines too. When you really expect Thatcher Demko to come into his own and be an elite goaltender in the league, is it still worth paying Jacob Markstrom at that point $6 million, $7 million? No. It's not. I don't think so. Thatcher Demko is one year left and he's RFA eligible. Yeah. So there is control there for the club. Yeah. If, if Demko walks out next year and let's say is, has, has an amazing year, 30, 30 plus wins. And I think Demko really, really wants to stay. Like he, he loves it. And I think it, the team players. rallied around him. You can't say the team didn't rally around him. They played very well in games five. They and six. did. They did. Game seven. Not so much. Not, not but so that, much. I think a lot of that was the fatigue of the series. I, Vegas was just such a deeper team. Yeah. And leave it to the NHL for scheduling game six and seven on a back-to-back for that, for, for that series. And surprisingly by Vegas, I thought they were going to go to Marc-Andre Fleury. They had the yeah, that was all the rumors. goaltender, and they just didn't use it. Yeah, that was all the, the rumors that they were going to go to Flurry, and then I saw the, the sword photo pop up on the timeline again. Mm-hmm. How, do you th- how do you think Flurry's feeling after not getting the nod in game seven? Man, how weird would it be? Somebody texted me this the other day. How weird would it be if it's Flurry and Murray, the stars for Seattle next <laughs> couple That's years? Ridiculous. Which is not out of the realm of possibility. So – Robin Leonard posted three shutouts this series. Correct. And he's – is he the goaltender we're talking about the least out of all the goalies who played in this series? Because we're centering it on Demko. We're centering it on Marc-Andre Fleury a lot with the whole sword thing and him getting the one start. Leonard played extremely well and is showing why he deserves a long-term contract if he hits free agency, if Vegas is not able to retain his services, he's not going to be taking any more one-year deals. He wants at least a three-year deal. Yeah, and it makes sense. He wants that security. Right now, I think he's earned that security. So the other thing I've heard about Leonard, and this is just all speculation, is it's either going to be back to Vegas or somewhere he's been before. Like Chicago. Chicago, Ottawa, Buffalo. Ottawa and Buffalo are intriguing uh, destinations in my eyes because Ottawa, I, I think, is ready to take a step forward this year. Whether or not that's actually as a playoff club, I don't know. But I think they're going to take a step forward. Buffalo needs something, a spark. And a better goaltender, and Robin Leonard's obviously an upgrade from who, from – is it Ben Hutton in net there now? They got Carter Hutton. Carter and they Hutton. got Uka Pekalukanen coming up soon. Yeah. And Leonard's – Leonard's an upgrade from Hutton. Leonard's also an upgrade from Anderson in uh, Ottawa. A good goaltender in the back end with a team that already has Jeff Skinner, who did have a down year this year, and Jack Eichel could be a very big step in the right direction for the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah, and if you believe the rumors that they're in on Matt Murray, which I, I don't think that's the goalie that they that helps them. I don't. No, I, I don't think there's that much of a step forward there. Especially now. since you're trading. Yeah, you're gonna, you would have to give up some sort of asset. And potentially cap room, too. Yeah. Because there's not a lot of cap room in Buffalo. No, there is not. And I'm looking at this, this year's draft. Is Matt Murray and Jared McCann, because that's the other piece rumor, is Jared McCann. Is Matt Murray and Jared McCann worth the sixth overall pick? No. No. And I don't think... Next year is going to get any better for Buffalo. I think you're still at least two years away. 
I would not give a 2020 or 2021 first for Matt Murray and Jared McCann if no. I'm the Sabres. Mm-mm. If I'm a team in contention, maybe. Then we're talking. But for Buffalo, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's a tough situation up there in Buffalo because you look at the roster, you look at the star power they have, and they should be closer than they are. It, you say the same thing with Edmonton, but even Edmonton's closer than Buffalo. Edmonton finally broke through. Yeah. But both those teams, with the superstar they have, should be a step closer. So at least being a playoff contender on a yearly basis. And they're just not there for some reason. Well, I bet you could look at it and say Buffalo. Just that's how Buffalo is. And the problem is, like, that division is, compared to the other ones in the league, it's pretty easy. Yeah. Sure, you got your top heavy teams, but it's not hard to find your footing. But Buffalo should, should be better than Detroit. Yeah. And they should be better than – they should at least compete with Ottawa. It's going to get hairy in a couple of years with Ottawa. But they should right now be better team than Ottawa Senators. And then Florida. Florida's hit or miss every year. Yeah. Spin the wheel. Take yeah. a gap Florida. They should be a top five team in the division, or at least compete to be a top five team in the division. A lot of pieces moving around in Florida this year, though. Going to be. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of uh, new GM. New GM. Yeah. Zito's down there now. And. That's a, that's a franchise, man, that they, they thought they took such a big step forward in free agency last year, and uh, they just did not at all when it comes to results. The sad part is I don't know what happened with Bobrovsky. Was he exposed? I, 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 don't, I don't know. You are, pay, you are playing behind a much worse defense in Florida than you are in Columbus. Yeah. But those numbers. that's not an excuse for a sub-90% save percentage. Yeah. I didn't know it was sub-90. Isn't it? it? It was for at least the first, what, three months of the season. Yeah, and he was, you know, again, getting paid $10 million a year. Which is a lot for, for that kind of result. Okay, Sergey Bobrovsky. 90%. 50 games played, 23 wins, 19 losses, a save percentage of 900, and a 3-2-3 goals against. Yeah, that's, that's not what you're looking for out of a... This is the stat that gets me. Insanely paid goalie. Last year in Columbus, in 62 games played, he had nine shutouts. In Florida, he had one. Yeah. In tw- give or take, 12 games played. but not still, what you're looking for out of a $10 million goalie. Yeah. By any means. Uh, Let's take a look at the last game seven. It's happening tonight. Uh, We got the Islanders and the Flyers. A series where the Islanders look dead in the water after game four. But Philly's good at this. Philly's really good at coming back in situations like this. Uh, The Islanders had two chances to end it. Couldn't. I thought Anders Lee was going to end it in game six. And he was just a second too late there. Carter Hart's pad was there. And little stuff like that. It. Here we are. Can't believe the Islanders didn't win Game Six. Yeah, I they they blew the lead in the third period, and uh, they looked good in overtime. There was there was they, they should have won like four different times in overtime. 
Missing the net, Anders Lee gets, gets saved by Carter Hart. Jordan Eberle misses the net. Matt Barzell misses the net in overtime. It, it comes down to missed opportunities and not capitalizing. I mean, we could find out during the middle of this podcast who the starting goalies are. That's what I'm looking at right now. They have not made a decision yet, but if you were Barry Trotz, who are you going with? I'm going with Thomas Christ. Same. It's not because Varlamov's done bad, but the no. thing is with Varlamov, this is the other thing. Varlamov going into game six. Now, take away game six. He has like a .67 goals against after losses in the playoffs, which is nuts. So there is a tiny part of me that says you might want to do that, but Grice is getting overworked. And you got to remember, Grice is playing for a contract. Yeah, there's more on the line for Thomas Grice. Uh, If you start Grice – and uh, let's say let's let's put in this scenario: you start Grice, and you win, and then you start to look at the contract you gave Semyon Varlamov in the off season to bring him to the New York Islanders and be the starting goalie for the Islanders. See, the thing is with the Varlamov contract, I don't think they overpaid him. No, I really don't. I think they gave him way too much term. But you're paying four years, $20 million, five AAV. You just paid $5 million for a goalie you didn't have faith in to start in game seven. You know? It's tough. It, it is tough. And Thomas Bryce is looking for that contract. And I know Barry Trotz loves that 1A, 1B duo. Yeah. So he might really, really want to keep, uh, keep both of them around. Yeah. I. It's It's – it might not be up to him, though, in the sense that Grice could say, why would I stay here to split not, time with Varlamov? Like Edmonton's a team I've heard very in on Thomas Grice. And they would start him. Oh, we talked about Reed Boucher earlier. Hey, he scored tonight for uh, there we go. avant-garde. There we go. KHL. He's a goal-scoring machine, just not the NHL level. It sucks because he's my favorite player. Uh, Much high hopes for him. If this was a regular series where we were going back and forth between cities, I would have said there's no way the Flyers would have won game six. And I would have said there's absolutely no way the Flyers would win game seven. Uh, the, the Islanders would win game seven in Philly. But now that we're in the bubble, I'd say Philly has the momentum, but the Islanders have a chance. We've already seen two teams in this playoff be able to save themselves after blowing 3-1 lead in the series. Will the Islanders be that third team? I'd like, to think they, I'd like to think they will be. So do I. If, if you haven't picked it up already, we're heavily rooting for the Islanders here. Yes. But and I, I just want to put it out there. I think both of these teams get killed by Tampa in the next round. I do too, just because Tampa's been so well-rested. They've also been well-rounded in their play, yeah. too. This is the best, and you can agree, disagree. Tampa's had better regular season records, but this is the best Tampa's looked in a playoff series or in a playoff year in a long time. Probably since yeah. the cup year. Yeah. Uh, game seven, who do you got? And let's let's take a score prediction from you. This is so hard. 
this is probably the toughest game seven to pick because I would have I would have absolutely one hundred percent picked Colorado yesterday. For yeah, and I, I would have one hundred percent picked Vegas too. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to go with the Islanders. I think the Islanders take it. I would like to say the Islanders take it. Um, uh, I think it's. I don't think it's going to be a very high-scoring game. I think it's, you could see like 3-1, and it ends up being 2-1 in the Islander empty netter. When the Islanders win, it's low scoring. The under hits. Yep. When the Flyers win, the over hits. So I, I'm taking the Flyers tonight. I'm going to take them 5-3 uh, with an empty netter thrown in there. Uh, there's just. I think there's too much momentum on 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 the side of the Flyers. And they like to do this. They like to come back from being down in series all the time, it seems like. Yeah, but do they ever finish the deal? Yeah, they're 3-1 and one in game sevens where they've come back from being down 3-1 in the series. So. Notice how, though, how little we have confidence in because this could go either way. Oh, it could. It most definitely could. It's, it's good offense versus really good defense. And they split the game so far, so here we are. Now let's look at it from this angle. Let's say it went 1-1-1-1-1-1. And that's how the last six games went. Like, just back and forth. I think I would be more Islanders leaning. But since it went 1-1-2-2, and the Flyers have all the momentum, I, I gotta, I'm taking Philly. Taking Philly 5-3. I'm going Islanders 3-1. Well, there we go. Those predictions probably are going to be the furthest thing from right. Yeah. Probably like eight, seven Islanders. Somewhere Trish is yelling at us going, it's got to be like, it's got to be three, two flyers. And he's yeah. going to yell But we can't hear him. <laughs> In overtime. Uh, man, just look at the goaltenders that started game sevens. Uh, Michael Hutchinson, Thatcher Demko, Anton Hudova, potentially Thomas Grice tonight. But if, you, if I would have told you back in October – We'd be playing game sevens in September, and the goaltenders would be Michael Hutchinson, Anton Hudobin, Thatcher Demko, Thomas Grice. What, what are you saying to me? I'm pretty much blowing you off because I've. <laughs> exactly. No way, right? There, there, there's just no way. <laughs> oh, it, it's just so much fun. Hockey's so much fun right now. All these series are so close, and that's what makes it so much better. We, we had three teams be down 3-1 and take it to game seven in the same round. It, it's just – it's fantastic. So good. This yeah. is this it's good is hockey. waiting for, yeah. After the break, it, it's all worth it for this, these games. And the sad part is I think the fans would have gone absolutely insane for these games. Yeah. Just nuts. Well, that's uh, we're going to wrap it up here, Touch Icing. We want to keep really focused on the Game 7s. We'll go back more into our regular routine next Thursday. This is a special Saturday episode, Game 7 edition of Touch Icing. And uh, just enjoy what we got right now. This hockey is fantastic. And the amount of games are going to go down after this round. We're only going to have one a day in the Eastern and Western Conference Final. So enjoy it while we got it, and uh, just enjoy hockey because it's, yes. it's, it's phenomenal. This is absolutely phenomenal, and it's amazing. It's so, so, so good. So tune in next Thursday for the episode of Touch Icing. Uh, take before a listen. that, we got a trivia question. Oh, I got, got one? Good trivia questions. Um, so I have 
in my possession the list of all the playoff points leaders for every single franchise. Which one, Tony, do you think is a good one for a trivia question? Um, who's a, what's like a team where I, it would be a weird player? What about um, – no, not, not them. Ottawa's – no. What about the Arizona Coyotes? Warning, Arizona's thrown in Winnipeg as well. Oh, okay. Wanna, that's, yeah, that's wait, okay, let me, let me rethink then. What about the LA Kings? LA Kings is a good one. Okay. So who is the all-time playoff points leader for the team that has the second overall pick in this year's draft? The Los, the Los Angeles, Angeles Kings. Kings. All right, well, well, we'll get the answer to that next episode. So tune in to last night's episode of Too Many Men. We had drunk sports trivia. It, it is the greatest it thing was, we've oh, ever man, done. It was fantastic. Uh, Tyler Dyes, Trish, our first contestant on, on it, and he, he got close, but uh, you had to see just how we're, close we're not, he got. No. No spoilers, but no. it was it was a nail biter. When it, it was came it down, came but. down to the wire. So we'll see you next Thursday for an episode of Touch Icing.